All right. Three, two, one. All right. I want to thank you, uh, Dennis Kennedy, for coming on to my podcast. Um, and Dennis Kennedy, he is the founder of a new media website here in uh, Hawaii. It's called Barefoot News Hawaii, correct? That's correct. And um, I, I wanted to bring him on to the show um, so he can talk about his, his news outlet and the kind of articles that he's doing um, and what got him started into this whole process. Um, but before we get into that, can you just give a little bit about your background, where you're from, what brought you to Hawaii? Well, that could be a long story, but we'll keep it short. <laughs> yeah, we'll get the summary. Um, originally from Ohio, and in 2003, we came over. My parent, or my in-laws had retired here, so we came over and visited them. We were getting ready to move to South Florida, down around um, Fort Lauderdale, and we are flying back, and my wife said I'd rather live in Hawaii, so six months later, we moved to Hawaii. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and uh, what, what did you do in your... Um, regular life before um before hawaii yeah uh i had actually built out a uh, national lighting maintenance company uh we used to take care of about 10 to twelve thousand buildings around the country every month including buildings in hawaii oh wow so you have been here many times before i'm assuming no i had never been here <laughs> till i came and visited the in-laws in oh, 2003 wow. so Oh, that's cool. That's kind of like a when I came here, 2006 was the first time that was it, and then I stuck around. Yeah, been here ever since. <laughs> Not going anywhere. Awesome. So tell uh, tell me a little bit about the the Barefoot News Media. Um, how you got started with that? What what really made you want to get started with that in general? Um, considering we have like the Honolulu Star Advertiser, uh, Civil Beat, and then the regular news sources. Yeah, what made you want to start your own um, news outlet? Well, I've always kind of followed politics, and then um, during the uh, last presidential election and just uh, watching the mainstream media and and even the local news here in Hawaii as to what was going on in regards to Donald Trump and just uh, conservatives in general, what was taking place. And, you know, we live in a very blue state, so uh, I, I just kept coming back to, you know, how do I get a conservative perspective out there? Not some crazy right-wing thing, but, you know, some conservative point of views because I think there's a lot of people in Hawaii who uh, are conservative and don't even know it. They have conservative values. So uh, I just went ahead and I started putting it together, and uh, I think we published our first article in early October of last year, um, and we just keeping at it. Yeah, I like that because I found out about the – Barefoot News Media from Civil Beat. Chad Blair. Chad Blair, yeah. Wrote a great article for us. <laughs> yeah, and he in, was very fair. Back in February. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I was surprised. So when I went over to the Barefoot News uh, website, I uh, was checking out some articles. And yeah, they seemed pretty fair. I mean, um, there was one about uh, the unions. So automatically in my head, I was like, oh, it's probably anti-union. And then I read it and I was like, oh, no, that's pretty pro-union. I said it's... Yeah, we have, we're not, you know, we're not some right-wing you know f fanatics out here we got individuals who uh who write for us that are probably more middle of the road um conservatives uh not all of them are even republicans but some of them uh you know they like to write articles uh sometimes i ask them to go a little bit more to the right but you know i i'm trying to have an open forum for those people who want to write articles 
yeah. uh, you know, and contribute articles and, and their perspectives as to, you know, what's happening here in the state or even those things in, uh, that are happening nationally that impact our state. Yeah, and I think in Hawaii, if you look at how people vote, it might be a blue state, but I think you're tapping into something there with the conservative voices because uh, in the Democratic Party, there's for sure a lot of um, cons- conservative Democrats who are more like physically conservative, socially um, liberal or progressive, yeah, which is how I consider myself. Um, that's how I enjoyed your I enjoy your articles because they seem really fair, really balanced. Um, it's not too opinionated. I can't stand reading Star Advertiser or things much anymore because everything, even if you look at Facebook, everything is a, this is Hawaii, so it kills me when they want to bring in like the, the racism and, and, and all these things that the mainland news articles are all about. And they try to do it here and it just loses me because it seems like they're they're not in touch with reality so much. Well, not here in Hawaii. I'm not yeah. even sure they're in reality with the mainland. <laughs> but... Here in Hawaii, I mean, you just have to look at the diversity that we have here. And for probably 99% of people get along, uh, regardless of what they're, you know, where they're from or what their background is. I've met people from all over the world here. Yeah, same. You know, same. my kids are half Hawaiian or my grandkids are half Hawaiian. So it's a situation here in Hawaii where I, I don't really think what's happening on the mainland is, is taking place here. Yeah, no, and I agree. So when I see some of those same talking points being used, it, it really drives me nuts. So, yeah, your your page is uh, really it's it's refreshing. I enjoy looking at it. You got you got some pretty good um, social media presence going on. Well, the thank Instagram. you. Um, the website is barefootnewshawaii.com, and uh, even today I was just cruising through before I came here to sit down with you and. Um, a lot of the articles, uh, yeah, I like this. I like this one. Uh, it was the real reasons for Susan Ballard's uh, resignation. Yeah, we got a lot of reads on that. Yeah, and then uh, you were mentioning before that um, people can contribute. You you have set writers, or is it just mm, people can contribute? Um, if they wanted to randomly? Uh, people can contribute. We've had it happen both ways. I have a couple of writers who write regularly, mm-hmm. and then we have a lot of people who uh, send us uh, articles they would like to see written, mm-hmm. and then we have people who just want to contribute and, you know, get a uh, you know get an article out there that's, uh, you know, a little bit more conservative perspective. Mm-hmm. And so we have contributors. We have all types of people that, uh, you know, that do provide articles for us. It's, um, we're really trying to work it as an open forum. Um, even if, uh, you know, there's a liberal perspective that, uh, is of interest, we'll probably even print that just to, uh, you know, show both sides of what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. And, um, you were mentioning before, and I had seen and Chad Blair mentioned in the civil beat article about the, they use, um, not, they don't use their real name. Uh, the term is escaping me. Is it a, a yeah, pseudonym? Or? A pseudonym or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what you call it. An alias, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, we have some people who are, uh, I'll say, in sensitive positions, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't want to use their name. Some people just use their initials. It's, it's a situation, I think, that they feel that being a outward conservative Republican is not a good thing to be in Hawaii. I mean, people actually fear that it's going to affect their business. Yeah. Me, I am who I am. 
Yeah. I'm a conservative first. And it's interesting because like we were discussing before we even started this, like I think a lot of people, they misconstrue um, the parties in a sense, like you're either this or you're that. But I think a lot of people are kind of just in the middle, but they're very passionate about one or two things that a particular party might represent in a sense. Um, but I still feel like at the end of the day, people still are pretty rational. But it's just they, they're so, a lot of people are stuck on these one or two items, and that's how they vote. And then, <laughs> well, well, you have the extremes, right? You got yeah. the far right, and then you got the crazy far left. <laughs> and it's a situation where I think that most people in my lifetime are middle of the road. And I think you mentioned that earlier. A lot of people are uh, concerned. And it's kind of uh, interesting to say this, but they'll say that they're uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doesn't work so well because a lot of the liberal uh, doctrine, if you will, or the programs cost a lot of money. Yeah. So sometimes it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting when people tell me that. <laughs> but you know, I'm a conservative. I'm uh, fiscally conservative, but I don't really care that much in regards to uh, to an individual's background. You know, you're a good person or you're not a good person. Yeah, and then in the same way, I can I guess sit down and talk story with anybody. Absolutely. Regardless, I mean, unless you're just outright evil. And they're out there. But even that, it might be interesting you know. to sit down and talk to somebody, and <laughs> only because I, to try to get into their mind, figure them out. Like, right. why, why do right. you think that way? What yeah. what motivates you? Yeah. It, well, with the division of going on right now in politics, and you know, people can't be friends because they have different political views. Yeah, seems pretty pretty insane to me. I don't judge you based on what your political views are. Families torn apart. Torn apart. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, and like I get it. I have friends who didn't support Joe Biden, but they just mm-hmm. voted because they didn't like Trump, like period. I think a lot of that happened. And then I have friends who loved Trump, just wish he'd never had social media, but just loved like some of the policies and things that he did. And it, it's even interesting now because you see as Joe Biden strips away some of those policies, things are falling apart. And then he's also keeping some of those policies because they did work. So um, it's interesting. I think everyone should just have a vested interest in, in the country. And then, okay, if you want more social welfare programs, well, I don't think that there's anything against it so much, but it's like that costs money. But then the other side of it for me is like, well, I would rather fund maybe more money for food stamps for people. But I also want government to cut waste, like a lot of it. Like I work well, for that would state. be a real good start, just cutting the waste. Because the problem is like, even here in Hawaii, they, at every turn they're raising a tax, raising a fee, but they're not getting rid of waste. Right. And what they're doing with these extra taxes is they're wasting this on new departments, yeah. new studies. Yeah. But, it's not doing anything to benefit the people, yeah? Right. Well, in politics, when they tell you that they're cutting the budget, yeah. they're not cutting last year's budget. They're just cutting the percentage they were going to raise the budget this year. Mm-hmm. And they call that a budget cut. Yeah. yeah. Still a budget increase. <laughs> and, you know, the money is absolutely gets wasted. Mm-hmm. And if you look at situations, talking about social programs, whether that's welfare or food stamps, uh, you know, people need help. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that people do need help. 
but we don't need it generation after generation after generation, you know, that, that are dependent on the government. Yeah, and that I agree with. Like, I grew up on food stamps, but my mom was working two jobs and doing night school to eventually get off of that. Um, it is interesting that you see a lot of these communities where it is generational um, benefits, the public housing, mm-hmm. the food stamps, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of blames like um, education, let's say. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, uh, I don't know. I think it's your politician's um, responsibility to, if you elect them to like city council, they should be doing initiatives to drive the economy more so than um, more of what we see is where they're just worried about like the next tweet that they're going to make and things like that. Like, what policies are you doing to, to help drive the economy? Well, that's quite a concept, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, like that the elected officials would worry about taking care of the people. And it's it's funny because even here in Hawaii, and this is every state, you get those politicians that they they tweet. They're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna help. You know, we need to stand up for our people. We have members of Congress who've been there their entire life. You mean like Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. How are you going to help me? Like, you've been there how long? And what have you done this whole time? Like Joe Biden? <laughs> I, will, I, will give, I will give Joe Biden this. He, he did that 94 crime bill, which fucked up a lot of people's lives. A lot of people's lives to this day destroyed. And... I believe in redemption in a sense, but um, I think he genuinely, especially after working under Obama, it kind of opened his eyes, and I think he genuinely wants to try to change that and fix that, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing... Well, I don't see it happening, and if he keeps on the track that he's on right now, he's going to be a worse president than Jimmy Carter in my lifetime. (laughs) I've seen people talking about that. See, I remember gas lines. Ugh. I'm lucky. I drive a motorcycle, yeah. Yeah, and you probably weren't even alive. Back <laughs> yeah, I <then>. was not. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so it's it's interesting to see. I, and the Democrats, they have full control of the government, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that everyone always talks about at the grassroots level, especially, is, is Citizens United getting money yes. out of politics. Mm-hmm. I don't see. I don't see any talk. I don't see anything about that going through Congress, overturning it. Well, they'll talk about it. Yeah. They just don't do anything about it. And a lot of times, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Yeah. You know, it seems like once you're elected, all you're concerned about is getting reelected. Yeah. So it's a situation up there, whether it's on the local level or the grassroots level, you know, nationally, whatever it is, uh, we need people that are going to accomplish something. And you can say what you want to about Donald Trump and his mean tweets. But, you know, he accomplished something. Uh, Let's take a look at gas prices. Take some mean tweets over the gas prices because in my normal day-to-day business, that's costing me an extra five or $6,000 a year just with the uh, rising gas prices here in Hawaii. Yeah, uh, and and I think, again, it goes back to like people are so driven to be one or the other, cannot be in the middle. Oh, no, you got to be one or the other. You got to vote D or you got to vote R. And, for, and it just kills me because I just want somebody who's going who's gonna to run. And like the new mayor, okay, I like the new mayor because he seems more of an, uh, an executive. 
now people are criticizing him. Oh, he's been there four months. What's he done to clean up Chinatown? Because that's where I live. Uh, what's he done for homelessness? He's been there four months. Yeah, like this is, I challenge anyone to win a seat and do anything. Mm-hmm. And really, in like the first year, it's, it's well, a lot of red tape. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape, and you're, you're still getting your staffs together, even if you look on the national level, you mm-hmm. know, and, and Biden, who, you know, I'm not a Biden fan, but, you know, it does take him time to get everybody in place. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's done some damage in the first four months, so, <laughs> you know, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's yeah. people that, you know, just love him, but uh, I'll take the mean tweets and get some action done. Yeah, and I don't necessarily blame him for like the pipeline deal because it was hacked i do though for shutting down oh the keystone the keystone pipeline yeah that's what, a huge mistake what what do you think the impact would have been because the keystone pipeline wouldn't even be completed yeah so oh, this still would have happened yeah but but you also have to look at it that we were in uh energy independent under trump yeah and now we're not. Yeah. Okay. Because he shut that down. He's cost jobs not only here in the U.S. but Canada, even in the U.K. So he is, uh, you know, he's done some damage more long term. Uh, you know, gas prices. You know, they just don't just start going up. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like with the green energy movement, um, people. Th- I don't know. People tend to think like, okay, if you just ban fossil fuels, we'll all have renewable energy, but. That's not... It's not reality. And what, what I love is, is especially the left, they all want to help poorer people and, and those disenfranchised, but they don't realize a lot of their policies directly impact the poor negatively. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people want jobs. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think that everybody that's out there wants to be dependent on the government, but that's a situation that the uh, left does to uh, garner votes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say that, you know, they would do that, but, you know, they're in the middle of dividing the country again by race and sexuality and, you know, call it divisional politics, whatever the, you know, you'd like to call identity politics. Mm-hmm. And I don't live my life that way. Yeah. I don't think most people live their life that way. Yeah. But, you know, there's kind of divide and conquer. And, you know, if we can get everybody hating each other and make it sound like conservatives are, you know, racist and homophobic and, you know, everything else. I got friends from every spectrum. Yeah, same here. Still doesn't mean I can't be a conservative. It's not even, um, it's not even worth, like, I don't know. I, I usually don't even get into the, those arguments with people because I think if you, if you set out and, and you're already assuming that everyone with a different opinion is, is a racist or a bigot or, or wrong, wrong, it's just like, yeah. uh, there's no point to argue with you because, at the end of the day, I gotta go. I gotta go to work. I gotta pay bills. You ain't doing nothing for me. So it's the bottom I line, I don't care. Um, I still would hang out with you, go have beers and stuff, like whatever. But yeah. um, I don't um, particularly get so so involved in those discussions. Maybe if it was on a podcast, I would. But just out in my daily life, I have no need. Yeah. Well, you're not thinking about what's going on. Like you said, you're trying to get through the day, make a living, pay your bills, mm-hmm. take care of yourself, take care of your family, do something positive in your community. And then you, what year did you get to Hawaii, you say? Uh, I got here, actually I got here June 28th, 2004. 2004. That's when I actually moved here. <laughs> in, in 2004, I was, oh my God, 19. <laughs> yeah. And so you've seen 
because just for me, when I got here in 2006, mm -hmm. when I look around Honolulu, it's completely different in a sense of like when it comes like the homelessness, the crime, the drugs. It's all on the rise. Yeah. And I can remember years ago uh, out Waianae's side where like uh, Miley Beach Park, I mean, that mm -hmm. was a big homeless encampment. And, you know, they, they cleaned it out and they cleaned it up. And I feel for the homeless because they got to go somewhere. Right, right, right. But. You know, and what do you have out there? They find all kinds of little, you know, crack baggies and needles and, you know, all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, so, you know, the homeless is, is an issue. But the bigger issue is when I moved here, gosh, 17 years ago now, uh, I don't remember gun violence. Violence. I don't remember people being shot. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and now it's really all that's on the, the increase. And it's, it's hard to understand but perhaps some of it has to do with COVID and people don't have jobs and, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that one. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a, it's an interesting one, the, the, the increase in violence, because it was going up even before COVID. And especially in Chinatown where I live, like we've had multiple murders. Mm -hmm. And I assume it's always just drug related when they're, when they're murdering each other like that. You know? Well, yeah, I... I think most people make that assumption but like I, it's still murder yeah no for sure but i i just yeah in a sense like I, I wonder like why like where it's coming from i know there was um allegedly there was a guy who was controlling um some of the youth in, in the Kalihi area so what he would do is he would take the youth because they don't get as much jail time and their sentence is lower right so he was sending them out to like chinatown and other areas to rob people and, wow, and i hadn't like that. heard that yeah and um Oh, there was an article about it. I'll have to pass it to you after here. I'll yeah. look it up. But I've heard of people doing that before. Back home in Pittsburgh, they used to do that. Mm -hmm. They used to, because everyone knew that. Like, you're younger. Um, I had friends who were involved in gang violence, and they would be the ones that would go in and get locked up, because your yeah. time is less Yeah. And than the major um, guys at top. But, yeah. um, well, you know, talking about crime in general, we actually have an article that'll be posted uh, tomorrow which is what, Tuesday? Yeah, the 18th. The 18th, and uh, it's actually about Hawaii ranking lowest in the country in uh, the, uh, gosh, how do I want to say it, in regards to cops and their jobs. Uh, oh. It, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a place that a lot of people are interested in being cops because... Uh, um, wasn't it because of like, like the, the pay, the and pay. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of factors that come into pay that come into play for it. And that is one of them is pay the crime level, the cost yeah. of living. There's a whole lot of factors that come into play with it. But, uh, cause even for me, I've, I've applied to HPD. Oh, I think like four times and I, I usually take the exam and then I get invited to the, go through the process. But somewhere along the process, I always just I always back out because it's just the culture of HPD, the corruption and things like that that still hasn't been weeded out. I just it eats me up inside just thinking about joining. So I always just uh, I, I know a lot of good officers. Everyone does. Right. But un until the, they're also willing to weed out those bad elements, which is complicated. Well, is it kind of a catch 22? You got to have the cops. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get other cops, how do you weed out the bad cops? Yeah, yeah, 
you know, but yeah, it, it's a shame that it's that way. And, and you know, that's not u- unique to Hawaii. Of course. You know, it's everywhere. I got a very good friend who uh, uh, was the police chief in my hometown of Toledo, Ohio, and he's now, I think he's a year older than I am, and he's the police chief in uh, Naples, Florida now. Mm-hmm. And he used to just tell me all kinds of stories that, you know, what goes on in the police departments, good cops, bad cops. Matter of fact, I found out <laughs> my neighbor before we moved here, was not such a good cop. Oh, really? Yeah. In Pittsburgh, we had um, we had a lot of corruption within our government. Our mayor was brought up on charges. When our new mayor came in, the old mayor was brought up on charges, so he didn't run. And then uh, the police chief got brought up on charges, and a bunch of people went down. And what the new mayor decided to do, which I think they should do here, is get a chief from outside. A lot of people are against that here, but I think it really works because you get rid of those kind of internal connections, and I think it helps weed out the the corruption in a sense. Well, you got a whole different set of eyes, yeah. You know, and and you don't have perhaps family or you know uncles or friends or whatever that are on the police force, so you know you don't have any I don't know obligations there at you know that point or preconceived notions of you know who's doing what so i think from the outside it's good yeah that's a good idea i think it's just it's probably hard for sure like once you get in there though trying to get everyone to rally behind you because everyone's mad yeah everybody's (laughs) mad they didn't get a job yeah you know but there's the flip side of that too i mean cops don't make enough money yeah you know they're they're not paid enough kind of like teachers right they don't make enough money you know and they're two critical aspects of our society that uh, get shortchanged, and then you know, then they start doing perhaps uh, that overtime that's not really happening, yeah. or or uh, you know, the corruption leads in. You know, they <laughs> yeah. gotta get some money on the side, and you know, just pay them, pay them, but you know, hold them accountable. Yeah, especially here, like, uh, oh man, what are they short? Like, I think the last number I heard was like two hundred fifty short. Just on Oahu, amazing. That's crazy. It's amazing. That's but t- I wouldn't want to be a cop. Yeah, yeah. Love the cops to death, but I I wouldn't want to be a cop. I was military police for eight years, mm-hmm. so it kind of I kind of like I enjoy certain aspects of the job, but nowadays I would fear having to use deadly force and be completely justified. But before I go to court. I'm destroyed on social media. You're absolutely like, destroyed. Yeah, and even if you're found innocent, your and life's you, ruined. Yeah, your life is ruined, and it's just for me, it's not worth it. I I would agree with that, and I think that you know that's part of the ongoing problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about defunding the police. Which, How insane is that? Yeah, which I I, I I always think is a terrible. That was a terrible um, slogan to even choose from the Democrats. Uh, I believe in shifting funding around, you know, um, like I don't think HPD should be doing mental health support, you know, shift the funding around. People want um, social workers to go out into the field. Uh, They're I, social workers. Yeah, but my thing is, is like, uh, has anyone ever seen how much social workers make? Like they don't make hardly anything. They, yeah. A lot of them make like minimum wage. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how many people you're going to hire to handle those situations. You ain't going right. to hire me. I'm not going to. Yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't pay me enough right now. But yeah, it's a situation I think with the you know with the police. It's just it's it's come down to uh, 
a total disrespect, mm. you know, for for police officers. And now some of them have earned that. Yes. You know, but but uh, if we didn't have social media and twenty four hour news, some of these uh, when the, the when the police shoot somebody, you wouldn't even know it. Yeah. Wouldn't even know about it. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, Walter Cronkite came on for a half hour and he gave you the news. He wasn't making it up. He wasn't trying to create it. You know, he just reported the news, and it didn't matter if it was you know conservative or or liberal. It was factual. And you said, "Okay, I got it." Now you got to question anything that's said. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of people will criticize um, Fox News or they'll criticize CNN or MSNBC, but I watch all of them because somewhere in between all those stories is the truth. So I, I try to decipher, like, I, I hate when the reporters start giving an opinion or they want to bring up something that I don't even think relates to it just to blame, we'll just say Trump, mm-hmm. or if Fox News wants to blame something on Biden, I'm just like, yeah, but that's, a lot of these issues are, they're rooted in decades of, you know, problems. Problems like, and ideology and, you know, how about we just report the facts? Yeah. And how about we get rid of this, you know, anonymous source or at least verify your sources yeah uh so speaking that's what i see different speaking of that when you use people who have who submit articles or whatever what's the verification process for that or do you verify uh we verify as best we can Mm -hmm. but it's more of an open forum and if i think it's newsworthy I'll put it under news, mm-hmm. local news or something. If I think it's a, more of an opinionated, then it'll go under our editorials. Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. We don't, we're not like fact checkers, you know, to make yeah that every fact is true because... That's hard. <laughs> that's really hard to do. <laughs> and even if it was factual, there's going to be people that say it's not factual. Yeah, exactly. So what, like, you know, at this point, we're not making it up. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny too, is because even when it comes, everyone wants to use science. Oh, the science says this, but science told us cigarettes were okay. Yeah, yeah. you know, you could use X-rays all the time. Yeah. You know, like yeah. uh, science get used. <laughs> science gets used when it's a situation when it helps you. Yeah, exactly. as a politician, <laughs> that's when science matters. Exactly. And so going back to your barefoot news, how often do you guys update and post the articles? Uh, we publish Monday through Friday. We try to publish a couple of articles mm-hmm. each day, um, but we're trying to move that up to four. You'll see like four featured articles per day mm-hmm. is where we're headed to. Um, that can be difficult to do, but we're looking at some different avenues and some different articles that we're going to start posting more on uh, businesses and the effect of COVID on them. Uh, we're going to do some environmental stuff. Um you know, it, like I said, it, it, it's a conservative perspective, but uh, we also like to report some facts and, you know, the reality oh, yeah, sure. of what's going on there and whether it's a Democrat or, a, you know, Republican or liberal or conservative position. You know, we're just trying to get the word out there as to what's happening here locally. Yeah, no, for sure. I think one good person who I still have to reach out to to invite on here, um, the owner of the Irish pubs, uh, Bill oh, Comerford. yeah. 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 Well, he's been pretty vocal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to sit down with him and kind of just get his whole. Yeah. That would be interesting conversation. His whole story. So he, yeah. might, he might be someone. Yeah. He might be interested in reaching out to, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, 
for the Barefoot News, you guys have the Instagram and the Facebook. Uh, we got kicked off Twitter already. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. How did you get kicked I mean, off Twitter? It was, I don't know. God, it was like, I don't know. <laughs> None of your articles. Three months later, and you know, we're kicked off Twitter. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when I was looking through the articles, like I look at it pretty much every day. I look at um, Civil Beat, Star Advertiser, Barefoot News, CNN, all that every day. I didn't see anything that really would warrant being uh, yeah, kicked off know. Twitter. <laughs> well, well, you're you're a conservative, so they probably did you put that in the Twitter bio? Oh, line I or think something? I think our heading says a conservative perspective. <laughs> oh, okay. So that probably didn't help us. But, but you know, but that's okay. Which is scary, right? That they yeah, can just just gone. And then they say, well, you know, if you'd like to get reinstated, you got to do something. We did that. Nah, we never heard back. <laughs> and that kills me because in, I, I could care less about political parties like we were discussing yes. before. Yeah, correct. Who cares? I just want yeah. the right path for the country because I, I don't believe that the government should be doing so much that it already does. Like it drives me nuts when people blame any president for things like at their local level. They're like, oh, you know, um, yeah. The businesses can't operate because the president's policies. I'm like, oh, yeah, but the president is not a dictator. There's a separation of state and federal. Well, he's not supposed to be. Yeah, but it seems like people nowadays, they, they want the president to make all the rules, and then they just don't even care about their state. You know what you call that, don't you? What was that? Communism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Socialism at best. It kills me. Like, yeah. Well, people don't want to think. You know, people are sheep. Yeah, no, you that's... Know, if you can hurt them, I mean, if you look at COVID, I think 46% of the adult population has been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with all the other vaccines. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. people are going, I, I, I haven't had a vaccine since I was in the Navy in 1976. Oh, well, yeah, so, hey, you're probably good for life, though. Who knows? If they well, yeah, they shot, you know, you go through the door and they hit you both yeah. arms at the same time. You know what they were giving you, but you're going overseas. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, um, it, it just gets hard to figure out the way that, uh, that people think in general. You know, it, the, the people that really matter, and this is what I think the Republican Party, in my estimation, hasn't grasped here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's the local level. Right. right right, after the election, one of the posts I seen from the Republican Party was, is Trump going to run in 2024? <laughs> well, how about who's running for local office here in the next several months? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's who we should be worried about. Who's on our city councils? Who's in our state houses and our Senate? Who's the governor? Which is, it, it's interesting. It's crazy. Because, and again, I'm sure Hawaii's not the only place, but like, um... You have politicians that are Republicans. They run as Republicans. They lose. They switch to Democrat. They win only because of the party. The D. Yeah. yeah. And it kills me because even in the party, they will rally behind that same person. Now, what kill, I just don't understand it because you know they're coming from a certain set of, of platform beliefs. You really think that they're going to back our platform? It doesn't. Well, well, here's my theory on that whole thing, all right? <laughs> I don't think people pay attention. Not, nope. They get little sound bites, yeah. right? So-and-so said this, so-and-so said that, and they walk up to vote because it's their privilege to vote. Right. You know, don't worry about an ID. Yeah. Just vote. I think, actually, we have ID voters. 
But anyhow, they walk up and they don't know who they're voting for. They just see a D or an R. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it's like, well, Republican, 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 Republican. And, and that makes no sense to me. And because I, I ran for office, so, I, you know, I know, I mean, people don't pay attention. A lot of oh, people no. will talk, especially when it comes to, like, races where there's, like, five people or more. Most mm -hmm. people will just pick, like, the top name. Yeah, well, that's Chemo's cousin's second, third wife or something. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, well, it's just it's all about name recognition, and yeah. I know that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, Even it's if, crazy. Even if they're not doing anything. No. Um, when I saw an article um, in Civil Beat, and I think someone else picked it up too, it was Eddie Flores. Um, it's like the owner of L&L &L or something. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a nice guy. I've only talked to him a few times, but he was complaining, saying the mayor blew him off. And then the mayor was like, well, no, you asked for a meeting about this thing. You didn't say anything about Chinatown. But everyone's latching on to because he said the mayor ignored him. Ignored him. And everyone's still mad at the mayor for no reason. That's all but, that mattered. But uh, when I ran for office, Eddie Flores um, had supported my opponent, who is the current state representative. And so for me, actions speak louder than words. I'm highly invested in the community. I'm always out there. I'm always doing everything. I, I graffiti cleanups, sidewalk cleanups, community events. Chinatown, Lions Club, all these community things. Sure. Um, and I try to work really hard to clean up the area within my capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but each time when I ran, he supported my opponent, which is fine. But you can't tell me that you care and you want to, to do better for a community when the, the people or person that you're supporting is nowhere to be found in that community. Because if I'm supporting someone... Yeah, I'm doing it because, like, legit, like, uh, I'm going to hold you accountable. But if you just – so for him to, like, attack the mayor like that, like, it, for me, it's just crazy. Because I'm like, well, you're supporting someone who doesn't even show up to, like, a neighborhood board meeting to tell us what legislation they're introducing. Doesn't even send a staff. Sometimes we get a, a newsletter, not even. But it's just – it kills me. And, again, it goes back to people just not paying attention. Well, they don't pay attention. Yeah. You know, I just recently had to vote for our Eva Beach board members, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And I could vote for like 11 of them out of however many were on the pages. It was pretty cool, though. You did it online. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I voted for two. Yeah. I only seen two. Most people don't even vote for neighborhood board. Yeah. I was on, oh, well, I'm on neighborhood board. I didn't run yeah. for re-election. I got it all in the mail. You know, and then they gave us a code, go online. It was kind of it was kind of cool how it worked. But uh, I voted for two. I could have voted for 11. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm listening to these people, and I'm going, you know, reading their little bios and what they're going to do. I'm thinking, that's, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> no, and that's the, that's the other thing, too. Like, a lot of people don't understand the, the roles. Yeah, everyone wants to, like, for neighborhood board, you're kind of just a, a liaison between the community and the government. But, um in reality, like the neighborhood board could have power, but it just really depends if your elected officials are involved in the community and friendly with the board or not. If not, it's kind of like a waste of a time. So right. I do more outside of my neighborhood board than on it. So I didn't run again because it just wasn't worth that extra meeting a month <laughs> for like four hours. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and when I look at the, uh, and I'll just use the Republican, the local Republican party here, you know, mm -hmm. all of that is volunteer work. You know, and uh, I'm sure some of them have day jobs. 
So I, I can yeah. understand where it gets a little bit difficult sometimes to get yourself spread too thin, um, whether that's a board or uh, you know, even the Democratic uh, mm-hmm. state conventions and stuff like that. All that's volunteer stuff. The Republican Party here, they don't... You said they just had their state convention, yeah? Uh, this past Saturday, yeah. So they're like reorganizing? Uh, they've elected all their new chair people and so forth and so on. Um, so, you know, they got a new chairperson. They got a new person who uh, is the vice chair of campaigns. Mm. Uh, j- just the whole list of, uh, you know, people. They had some intern people there because uh, people quitting and leaving and communication guy had to resign because of his QAnon Oh, yeah, retweeting QAnon. Oh, come on, bro. Yeah, that's who you want. Yeah, Jesus. That's the problem with the... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But do they do, do like, um, so the Democratic committees, or on Oahu anyway, we do district chairs. So each house district has a a district chair for the Democratic committee. Yeah, I think the Republican Party is pretty much up. You got your district managers. Oh, really? You got got it. uh, I don't know, honestly... If those were elected at the uh, at state convention, mm-hmm. uh, I just know the uh, you know the main seats that were filled that you know are in control of the state, if you will, yeah, for the yeah. Republican Party. But yeah, you have different. Uh, well, I'm sure just like the Democrats, mm-hmm. you know, Democratic Party, they just happen to be a whole lot more organized. Oh yes, yeah, and they're super organized. Um, anytime anyone needs anything, even when I was running. I, if I needed like people to sign wave or something, you always get people. People are always so willing to go out and campaign and stuff. Like that's the, the funnest part of of, of of running for office was, I guess, just basically like organizing people and seeing like uh, it's fun. It's nerve wracking because you're like, oh, who's gonna show up to my fundraiser or who's gonna show right. up to sign wave? Right. And then when you get surprised and you just have a whole ton of people that you weren't expecting, like that's like ah. Uh, nice that's a good feeling yeah less gray hair yeah yeah yeah. well it's funny i've only ever worked on uh uh been involved in two campaigns one goes way back when i lived in toledo and it was a board of education position Mm. and he was a democrat and it was funny because i donate my company which was uh that i mentioned earlier large company then it was a situation i think i mentioned it well if not i had uh donated to his campaign Mm. And he came back to me a little later and said, Dennis, I can't take this check. I go, why not? He says, because the union said I can't. Oh, Because wow. I was a non-union shop, right? Oh, yeah, So I yeah, just slipped yeah. him some cash, anyhow. But, yeah. But, uh, and then the only one that I've remotely been involved here was uh, Lynn Finnegan, who's the new chair chairperson of uh, campaigns, I believe it is. She's vice chair. And uh, we did some coffees for her when she ran for lieutenant governor a few years back. Mm. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I recognize her name. Right. And we also have the uh, friend of mine who ran, um, Ernest Carvalho. He's in the Aloha Aina Party. You know about that one? No. Yeah, the Aloha Aina Party, they just ran. They actually had more candidates running than the Republican Party last election. Yeah. (laughs) Shocking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) And to be honest, some of those people running as Republicans were just, they were crazy. I was like, oh, man, what are you even talking about? But yeah. the Aloha Party, they're getting their stuff together, and they're trying to um, organize and, and try to get some seats. Where do they fall? Are they kind of middle of the road, a little more conservative, a little more liberal? I feel 
just from the little bit that I know about mm-hmm. a couple of them, they're more like middle of the road. They just feel that the politicians here, um, the politicians here are so much more worried about selling out land and space to mainland and um, foreign investors that there's no more space left for like residents and native born. I don't think you can argue with that. Yeah. So their thing is kind of taking the power back to the people. Mm-hmm. And I can't speak for them. That's just what I, I see from it. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at the democratically controlled state legislature, uh, they're doing nothing but taxing everyone, raising costs of living, and they're not really doing anything to protect the, the current residents uh, or even the current residents' future kids, you know, because there's no policies in place for the long term benefit of the people who were born here or lived here for yeah. a, a, long, a long period of time, yeah. And how many have lined their pockets over the rail? Oh, yeah. How many? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, on it, both sides, by the way. Oh, of course. And it's. It's uh, being a politician in, in any state, anywhere in the U.S. is like a, a gravy train. You literally don't have to do anything. <laughs> most, most of Congress has never even passed a, a bill. Bernie Sanders had what, one? Yeah. Rename a... And Joe Biden? <laughs> Zero. Well, he oh, did... 94. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He did the guy 94. <laughs> yeah. Like, How'd that work out? <laughs> and, and, but they, they're there for these decades and... and oh. People, I see it as they're getting my tax money. So I, I look at it as I, I hired you. I want you to work. If I don't see you doing work, I don't want to hire you again. I'm willing to give someone else a chance. But most voters don't vote like that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it comes down to name recognition. And yeah. what we were talking about earlier, people don't pay attention. Yeah. You know, they get a little sound bite. They're watching whether it's Fox or MSNBC, which should be taken off the air. <laughs> uh, you know, CNN, you know, Newsmax, whoever they're, you know, the local news. It, it's all so slanted and ideological anymore that what are you going to do? I, I can't get my father-in-law to get off MSNBC. <laughs> I like some of the it's, MSNBC. Yeah. I like um. He thinks JFK is still the party. Uh. <laughs> I was reading some stuff about that, too. But now, hey, I mean, now, at least in Hawaii, um, you're providing an outlet for people on the conservative side. We're trying really hard. Because I think the only other outlet that does that is Civil Beat. Uh, Civil Beat, uh, they're more middle of the road. But, you know, uh, when Chad wrote that article about us, he did tell me that we are really the only locally on local news site, if you will, Mm -hmm. outlet who is local. From a conservative standpoint, a lot of those conservative uh, things that you read here are coming from the mainland still. Yeah. And uh, that actually made me feel pretty good because we try to use all local people too, uh, you know, the residents here in, uh, in the jobs we're trying to fill as well as our writers and stuff. We don't take anything off the mainland. Well, yeah, no, and that's super good, providing the jobs and a local voice because even Star Advertiser is not owned locally, huh? Isn't it owned by a... Some conglomerate somewhere, yeah, probably. somewhere else, which yeah. is it's kind of like when you see some of their articles, you just it's like copy paste from everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I just think if, you know, people can get an opportunity to read both sides and actually pay attention instead of, you know, reading the headline and telling me what an idiot I am. <laughs> OK, now, I'm never going to make it in Hawaii being a conservative. Yeah. I mean, you know, calling me all kinds of names because apparently we can't argue the facts yeah well it's interesting too because people 
people tend to just go on and they want to be outraged on social media. Um, they'll just read a title, and that's why these. That's it. In the news, they they purposely put clickbait titles. Yeah. They kind of have to though. Yeah. Well, but, it's all about advertising dollars. Yeah. But let's throw some truth in there once in a while. Yeah. At, at least once in a while. Yeah. You could even stamp it true, factual. But can people? Yeah, fact. This is a fact. Yeah. Like there was one. There was an article about a street uh, where I live on. Mm-hmm. So I had posted a reply saying that for the past several years, it's been on a steep decline from you know, prostitution and drugs, homeless laying all over the sidewalk. And somebody commented, uh, BS, it's been like that for decades. Where are you from? Like, like okay, so now this I'm questioning where I'm from. Yeah. And I was just like, no, 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 no. What do you know? It's always been that way. I was like... I was like, no, no, I've only lived there for years. So I'm just bringing my perspective. I, I can't, I, I don't know the facts about 20 years ago. <laughs> like people are just so shallow with their thinking. But yeah. it's still there. Yeah. 20 the years point. later. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if it was two years, two months, Six, two decades. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's still there. It's, yeah, it didn't go anywhere. It is so Nobody's obvious. Nobody's fixing it. <laughs> like even if you, if you walk down the street, there's always this blue truck. It's got really dark tinted windows. It's a really beat up, ugly blue truck. And there's always um, hookers standing by the passenger side. The guy's always talking to them, giving them instructions. And he sits out there all night, you know, while they're walking up and down the street. Yeah. It's like, okay. We call that a pimp. Yeah. But I'm like, how? <laughs> Where I'm from, anyhow. And it just happens. Police drive past. But to their defense, you know, what can they really do? They're not seeing anything. Yeah. Going on shady wise, yeah, they're too busy running around giving COVID tickets. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so I got a question for for the barefoot media. Like I said, you have the Instagram and all that. You're kicked off Twitter. You were mentioning before that you were thinking about starting a podcast. Yeah, we're looking at it. Uh, you know, it, it's as you know, being a podcaster, that you know it takes time and energy and yeah. ultimately money. Yeah. Uh, you know, with everything else going on, I, I don't want to spread too thin. But yes, we are looking to do a podcast, uh, hopefully with some politicians, some local business people, uh, some human interest stories, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, we're working toward that. It'll be a little bit down the road yet, but uh, we at least got the equipment. Yeah, yeah, and it is. When I set out to do this, like I was mentioning, just a hobby for fun, bring people on, talk story, get to know people. That's how my website started out there, Foot News Hawaii, hobby. <laughs> and then you start realizing, like, oh, man, this is a yeah. lot of work. Man, not only that, I got thousands of dollars wrapped up in it. <laughs> so it's like, that's motivation to keep it going, yeah? Well, especially when you get little emails and notes saying you're never going to make it. Yeah. Then it's you like, want to motivate me? <laughs> you just did. Hate is the best motivation. Oh, absolutely. I'll admit, most people have been pretty uh, supportive of of my idea to do this, um, a lot of them are just compliments. Cause I know sure. like my first couple episodes are going to be not so good. Only like the, the quality as you figure out the equipment. But, uh, I appreciate the compliments. No one's really been a hater yet, but. Well, I get compliments too. And I get the, you know, Hey, we really need this here. You know, I really love your perspective and, and yeah, we get all the compliments, but every once in a while I, I get one of those. What are the other... The hate. Yeah. The haters. <laughs> what are the other outlets in Hawaii that are, like, conservative? Besides, like, the Republican Party, like, for you well, yourself, are yeah. there other groups? There's some good groups out there, organizations that you should probably even talk to. Uh, 
One of them is uh, Aloha Freedom Coalition. Have you heard of them? I've heard of them. I'm not, yeah. I don't know about them. They but. just had a big rally on Saturday. Um, oh, that was them at the... Yeah, was with it? Prager. Yeah. was out there, too, the conservative talk huh. show guy. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. You have, um, <laughs> you have uh, Knights of Aloha, Rich over that way. Uh, they're a very conservative group. I think they're actually a pack. Um, Knights of Aloha. Like Knights of Aloha. KM. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Knights of Aloha. Um, you know, so those are more political, packed, activist-type groups I would I'd classify them at. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start covering, hopefully covering them a little bit more. I just recently shot them out on email, let me know when they got stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met Rich, uh, real nice guy, local guy, real nice guy. I've emailed a few times with uh, the coalition, Freedom Coalition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there's some programs out there uh, that uh, you know are very conservative. I think, I think once the election time starts rolling around, I think that's when you're really going to start getting more, more people. Uh, who want to submit articles or be interviewed and amazing how that happens yeah yeah i'm just waiting around for the republican party to call me now that their convention's over yeah yeah that'll be interesting i would like to talk to someone uh, who can speak on behalf of the republican party only because since i was an officer in a democratic party for so long and we always we didn't look like down on the republican party but we just never saw them as organized as like a you saw right like you all, you never take it for granted because the party really doesn't have to win a seat. It's just that candidate that has to win. But um, we never really felt the need to focus on deterring the Republican Party. Yeah, we just. So. Well, I, I can tell you that I've written a couple of times about the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't been very nice, okay, because it, it's been very very difficult to. Uh, at one time, you could literally could not get a hold of anybody. Oh, wow. Nobody returned calls or emails or anything. Uh, that's starting to change here a little bit. I know Sydney. Uh, Sydney's in there now as the uh, chairwoman, chairperson. See how it's politically correct. <laughs> and uh, uh, I hope to sit and talk with her again. She did win the chair. I had met with her previously prior to uh, to the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh if everything she is saying is true, I think you'll see a change in the Republican Party. Uh, Lynn Finnegan, another good person, you know, number two chair there, if you will. Mm. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful that they get some organization. And uh, like I told you before, I have a candidate who wants to meet with them, but we haven't been able to do that. So hopefully that will change here this month. Yeah, and it will be interesting. I mean, because there's so many seats, what, 75 total. Yeah. <laughs> but I always say, even with my friend in the Aloha Aina party, I always said, like, if I, if I was in charge of a party, I know everybody wants to win a seat. I said, but for me, I think the focus would be one or two seats that you can dedicate the most amount of your resources to because it really comes down to the mailers, um, getting signs on fences, and, and the, the name out there. If they're, like, really viable candidates, yeah. I, I would agree with that. You know, you have to start somewhere. So, you know, what seats do you have the best shot at landing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's back to the grassroots thing, right? Yeah. Let's and not be worried here in 2021 as to who's running for president in 2024. Yeah. yeah. You know. And to be honest, not everybody's a viable candidate. Anyone can run for office, but not everybody's like a, a viable candidate. 
Like if Correct. you're if you're gonna if you're a new person running against uh, somebody who's pretty decently liked mm-hmm. and they've been there for a decade, uh, that's hard. Yeah, but um, I still think it's possible. But you just have to have a viable candidate, somebody who's charismatic, knows what they're talking about, and communicate and get down to the community level. Yeah, exactly. You know, the individual yeah. that I'm talking about, Gil, who wants to run for office. Uh, and hopefully he will be able to do that here shortly. Um, he, he's got a lot of good ideas getting right down into the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a minority individual, he is. Uh, he talks a lot about the Filipino community here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's told me, and I, I kind of have to agree with him, they believe many people in Hawaii, not just Filipinos, have actually got conservative values. Yeah, I was going to okay. say it. Just <laughs> they have conservative values. They just don't know it. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, faith, family, freedom kind of thing. And uh, uh, some of them just aren't educated. So the exposure is not out there. Yeah. You know, whether that's in the churches, um, you know, the communities and things like that. So he's got a very good plan. And uh, hopefully that will come to fruition and, and, you know, he can get moving. Yeah. And it's... um. That's what's interesting too. Like when you uh, talking about Hawaii, when you get into the different ethnic groups, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Like yeah, like the Filipinos. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, hardworking yeah. group of people, S- and, and very, um, very faithful. Mm-hmm. They go to church. Yep. Um, I always visit. I, I just kind of view that kind of stuff as like a Republican, you know, characteristic. You would think. And even when I was campaigning, a lot of them would ask me where I stand on certain issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, where they stand is a little bit more conservative than where I would stand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was always interesting to me. But again, yeah, you have to have that D by your name. Got to have the D. Because the R, they won't even support you. Yeah. And I think it's because... Not all of them, but the yeah. majority of them. Yeah. But the, I, I do give it to the Democrats because... Um, and I'm a Democrat. <laughs> they're really good at labeling mm-hmm. and once they label somebody that's it <laughs> oh yeah you know, so you label the republican party as anti-immigration anti-immigrant like that then yeah. Racist, no immigrants homophobic yeah. you know the whole works <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and uh, yeah but it's called sound bites yeah <laughs> i'm none of those by the way okay yeah hey i don't i don't i don't even look for sound bites i just uh I, I just, whatever's the most rational decision I feel should be made, I just can't, um, it just kills me how constantly we just keep reelecting these same people. Over and over and over again and nothing changes. Yeah, which again, like I was mentioning before, is kind of another reason why I wanted to do the podcast. It's a hobby, but also, um, again, like people aren't as educated. If you haven't worked in politics or been involved, you don't, you don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Well, you bring that perspective. That's what's going to be great about your podcast is I you have that. that perspective. And that's a perspective I want to bring. And in the end, I don't dis- dislike anyone or anything. I just think people should be more educated. Um, I, there's a lot of lawmakers who do want to do good things, but they can't because they're not um, part of, you know, let's just say like the leadership faction. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, maybe if they're new, if you're a new elected official, you have like no power. None. You really have to be there like six years yeah. to gain any seriousness, yeah? yeah. Um, and if you're not in good with the leadership, then you're just what they call Siberia. Um, 
Don't you think that's where term limits would help? Yeah, yeah. The only difference I think about the term limits is my first boss, she put it in a, in a, in a perspective that I kind of understood where she had been there, I think, 13 years. And it took her that whole time to get a new library in her district. Yeah, but how much of that had to do with the, you know, the career politicians that had been there for 20, 30, 40 years? Mm, yeah, true, you know, true. As I try to be the devil's advocate, yeah, if no, you had yeah. people changing out every couple of terms, I mean, the president's got a term limit. Yeah. So if they change them out, then everybody, don't I would think, would have to work a little bit better together than having to battle, you know, a speaker yeah. of the house that's been there for forty years. And I, I feel like there should be term limits. Like every every other position, executive position, has a term limit, right? So why not the legislature? Why not the legislature? Yeah. Um, even the Supreme Court, I think there should be a, a mandatory retirement age or something. I would go with that. You know, only but, because principles change over time, I feel. so. Yeah, and, and you know, they're not there to make law. Mm -hmm. You know, they're there to uh, abide by the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that liberals and conservatives look at that, you know, look at that differently than, you know, oh, yeah. what the Constitution has uh, <laughs> been laid out to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's going to be an ongoing battle, but, you know, that's not all bad. No, for it's sure. It's not all bad to have that debate and those different perspectives on things. I just think, uh, who was it? It might have been 60 Minutes. Nah, I can't remember which. They were just discussing about, uh, maybe it was Vice News. I don't know, whatever. But they were talking about how each side just uses the Supreme Court to get through legislation that they couldn't get through Congress. So <laughs> that's why, you know, it's scary for me because if you can't get it through the legislative body, then you have someone battling it at the local level to kick it out to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not that old, but I'm pretty sure the Founding Fathers weren't thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, a, I'm anxious to see what happens with this uh, Second Amendment case right? Um, that's going up to the Supreme Court, because I'm a, I'm a Second Amendment supporter. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a, so am I. I'm a firearm owner. Um, I don't think that the second amendment is just kind of like a privilege i think it's there for a specific reason and i think because we've never had to battle an internal tyrant an authoritarian dictator anything like that people kind of just brush off the second amendment right but for me just because i might not need it today doesn't mean like my grandchildren won't need the second amendment um what was it you know when hong kong was they were trying to pass that law so that if you were basically a political dissident, they would ex extradite you to China. Right. Nice. They were chanting Second Amendment because sure. they don't have that over there. They don't there. have that. And look what happens. And the police were crushing yeah. down on them. Well, I backed the Second Amendment. I'm not a gun owner and I mm -hmm. don't have any desire to own a gun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that's not the point. And, and, and look, things to me, I just try to look at them very simply. Mm -hmm. And... Everybody you're going to be talking to here is going to be listening to it's going to say, I've heard that before. Yeah, oh, of course. The yeah. bad guys don't care. No, 100%. Yeah. Right? That's if you want to take <laughs> my gun, if I had one, Yeah. a law-abiding citizen, the bad guys don't care. Well, they'll argue. They'll say, we don't want to take your gun. We just want to put limits on who can have the gun. Now, I... It starts with limiting. Yeah. I see it a different way. I see, like... um 
just like you were saying, first is this check, and then it's this registration, and then it's this, and then it's this magazine ban. And if a magazine holds 30 rounds, that's, in me, that's okay. Yeah. Um, in California, there was a case where a lady pretty much emptied a whole magazine to kill the intruder. Mm -hmm. Has she been limited to, I think, the, I think the argument was, had she been limited to seven or 10 rounds, she would have been, you know, either, either dead or they would have robbed her injured something like that she needed at least 20 something rounds they said before she was able to hit him right so and i think that just kind of goes to show like people who didn't who've, who've grown up in lives where they didn't necessarily ever have to struggle or face any type of uh violence or have anything really to instill fear in them they don't understand you know the rest of the country you know <laughs> They don't understand people who, who've, who've been in uh, situations where their life was in danger. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all feel-good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can't take people's guns. You, you just can't. The Constitution doesn't allow for it. But, you know, they'll nibble away at it. You That's, know, a little that... law here, a little law there, a little law here. And pretty soon people like you and I who get up every day and go to work, and try to do our jobs, pay our bills, and contribute to society will be without guns. Mm -hmm. But the bad guys won't. Right. And now they want to limit the, uh, or they want people who, who have quote-unquote ghost guns, they want them to register these ghost guns. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's... <laughs> If the criminal, if Al Capone has a 3D printing shop and he's 3D printing AR lower receivers, <laughs> just because you pass a law doesn't mean he's going to put a serial number on the receiver. You know what? You are far too logical. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Why do we take the guns away? Why don't we defund the police? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Now, and that kind of goes into what I mentioned earlier is uh, I really think that these foreign countries... Are, are subverting the American public the same way we do to them. And they're just really good at it, way better yeah. than we are. Yeah. Um, the way they're able to pump these, these messages, you know, anti-gun, the racial division, guarantee you, if you tracked it all back down, it would come from a troll farm in China or... Uh, <laughs> a troll farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like in Russia. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's just so weird. Like People let themselves get so upset about these issues and it's like again look at your state legislature what are they doing not much yeah why why is there this socioeconomic um pool of people who are so disenfranchised you know like why uh, and what are your local officials doing to make it better to pull them up out of poverty so kind of got off the rails there on a the second amendment thing that's kind of like a passion of mine the second well, amendment one though well you know it's like freedom of speech Right? Yeah. Freedom of speech is when the guy standing next to you is just saying something that curdles your blood. Yeah. But he's allowed to say it. Yeah. That's freedom of speech. And don't you, th the way I look at it is, it's like a lot of universities, you can't have these discussions and debates anymore. Not anymore. But it's also like when they got, um, what's his name, Donald Trump off, off Twitter, and then they were banning other conservatives. To be honest, I would rather hear what you have to say so I know what you're thinking as opposed to not being able to hear what you say and then you're kind of like the Unabomber. You got some things going on at home that is just going to you know, blow up one day. Like, 
You know, I never thought of that, but that's a really good point. Like I, I and that's again coming back to like the podcast and things like I want to know people. I want to know what they're thinking, what they're doing. And for me, that just goes with every day, everybody. Like if you're racist as hell, like you hate minorities. I want to know that. I want to know. Yeah, because you're not the guy that I'm going to invite to lunch with my friends. If you're a homophobe, I yeah. want to know that. Yeah, because you know? you're not someone that I want to hang out with. Exactly. We just, I just don't appreciate that kind of person. You're not a good person. Yeah. But I like and, to hang out with good people. Yeah. And if you, um, if you can't express that, if you can't post that on social media, then, you know, then I don't know. And then now I'm possibly putting myself in a dangerous situation because now what if I take somebody to an event and one of my um, LGBT friends is there and this dude just completely disrespects them, you know, now it's like a reflection on me, but I never knew. Like but you didn't know. Yeah. And, and then he gets a few beers in him. Next thing you know, <laughs> he's screaming and hollering. Yeah. Carrying and on. Now I ain't got his back. Hopefully he took the bus or Uber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully he didn't drive him there. But again, that's kind of why like um, your your platform hopefully doesn't get uh, taken off Amazon Web Services or whoever, whatever server. It is. <laughs> Twitter. Because you got to have you got to have those discussions. Um, even like you and I, we, we're not eye to eye on everything. No, but it's okay because there are things that we are um, similar on. It's, yeah, and we can discuss it. And guess what? It's okay to disagree. Yeah, it doesn't change how I feel about somebody. I just disagree with them. Yeah, I disagreed my whole life with my father. I still loved him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it, it, it's crazy to base what you think about somebody based on their politics. Mm-hmm. But that's but been you know, but it's the divide and conquer. And and you know, I we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, I don't remember big discussions or or issues with racism. In my early childhood, I did, but mm-hmm. I don't remember them growing up or, or in my adult life. And I hate to say this till Obama became president. And, you know, next thing we're doing is having a, a beer summit, you oh, know, and yeah, then next thing you know, it's like racist this, racist that. And when people call me a racist because I'm a conservative, that pisses me off. Yeah. And it's a situation where, you know, we're, we're using identity politics to gain power. If people hate each other, that can be a very good tool for gaining power. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think Hitler did that. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's why I, I always say, like, history repeats itself. And but we don't s- teach history in schools yeah. anymore. And I think what is a, was really sad is um, a lot of, there's a lot of black conservatives that, that get shut out. And they're considered like Uncle Tom's or, or, you know, their own community shuns them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's crazy to me because you, you can't have an opposing opinion. Now, you can have an opposing opinion and people don't have to like you, but they just get attacked. Yeah. Like character attacks. Yeah. Well, one of the most intelligent people I think that I've ever listened to, and I, I think she's just terrific, is Candace Owens. And they just shred her. She, she, I don't agree with everything she says. There are some points that I do. I was bullied when I was in school. And what I see, uh, what, what she talks about is I, I could agree with because there's a lot of times where she says things where, where I do feel like minorities, especially black people, are being used 
Um, they're being told since birth that you will never be ahead. You can never get ahead. Yeah, but who's doing that? Yeah. 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 I mean, let's be real And who's doing that. It's, let's understand how the civil rights bill got passed. It wasn't by Democrats. Yeah. It was Republicans. But, yeah. Matter of fact, I think it was Al Gore's dad led that charge against it. <laughs> Al Gore. He's like a piece of paper. That guy's so yeah. plain. Well, he's filthy rich from, you know, carbon, <laughs> yeah. whatever things he had going on there. But I... I, I I always feel like people should be empowered. I agree. And when you're not empowered, if you if you are raised being told that you can't make it because of your skin tone, um, then eventually that's kind of becomes your reality. You manifest your own reality. Now it's unfortunate because these kids are raised being taught this, and now when they get older, they've never seen nothing else. So, yeah. but it's one thing to be taught by your parents that way. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to be taught in schools yeah that's what's happening to you yeah and all you're doing is you know is is you're just you're putting a stigma to them and and they don't believe in themselves yeah and that's really a sad state of affairs that uh you know we allow that to happen but i kind of have a theory okay let's hear Since it we're just talking yeah you have to go all the way back to the finding of america mm -hmm. right what the government do ultimately screw the indians mm -hmm. right Got them on reservations, you know, welfare, right? Completely dependent. Yeah. Then where'd we go? Let's see. Slavery, right? Slavery's insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just insanity. So you free the slaves, and what does the government do? Pretty much starts making them dependent on the government. Yeah. Now, I don't know that about a bunch of the Alaskans. Once we purchased Alaska up there, what happened to them? But I'm willing to bet they're in a similar boat. Yeah, you know what? That's true. I never even thought about that. And I honestly think they did the same thing to the Hawaiians, you know, and yeah. the locals here. You know, many of them, unfortunately, not all of them. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, generalize and put them all in one system. But, you know, I know a lot of Hawaiian men, as an example, never worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're in their 40s. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I know other Hawaiians are hardworking people, but I think they literally did the same thing to the Hawaiians that they've done to minorities throughout American history. Make them dependent on government. Yeah, keep them oppressed. And, and not that there aren't white folk that mm -hmm. aren't dependent on the government, okay? But we can get into the whole dumbing down of, you know, America, too. Oh, yeah. Which is all part of that. Which I, in the end, I always try to separate. I, I, I hate the, the racial arguments only because that divides a large population into small subgroups that are all fighting each other. But the overall large population is the, the poor. Correct. I see it as a class issue. Mm -hmm. uh, the middle class has shrunk. They've gone into the poor. And then the upper class has... Uh, I don't even know if it has shrunk, but it's kind of, they've gotten wealthier. Yeah. But maybe it's a fewer, fewer amount of people who are, who are more wealthy than ever right. before. But if the poor folks banded together and said, hey, you're black, you're white, yeah. you're Asian, you're LGBT, you're whatever, mm -hmm. doesn't matter, don't care what you do, but uh, are you struggling to pay your car note? Mm -hmm. are, you, are you seeing these gas prices? You can barely afford it? Okay. Yeah. Well, we should do something together to, to elevate ourselves up, up the ladder, you know? Well, we solved that issue, in my humble opinion, mm -hmm. through education mm -hmm. and jobs. Mm -hmm. People want jobs. 
you know, but but if you don't have a plan to create jobs, and I don't mean government jobs. Yeah, yeah. I cannot. mean private industry jobs. You know, you tax the hell out of everybody. You're not educating them. You're indoctrinating them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, those people don't stand a chance. Yeah. You know, not everybody's a LeBron James who was homeless at one time. Yeah. Right? It just, you know, they're just not. And, you know, there's not, everybody's not an Elon Musk that, right. you know, but everybody has something they're good at and they should be able to expound on that and they make a life for themselves. But the poor class, boy, I love this stuff. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Our poor class is a lot richer than most countries' poor classes. Oh, yeah, for sure, by far. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying there's, you know, it's all a matter of what country you live in. Yeah, so when I say poor, I'm just meaning U.S. Yeah. Because I used to live in Brazil, and they're poor are poor. They're poor, poor. Yeah, and, um, you know, their government's super corrupt, too. But their government doesn't have as much social programs as us. So their corruption just seems... A lot more. I think we're willing to put up with a lot of the corruption that we know exists because we're comfortable. Right. But right now, I think a lot of people are becoming uncomfortable. When those unemployment benefits, the extra 300 or whatever runs out, and when they start putting those um, the mandatory um, job searches back, a lot of those jobs that we lost during COVID aren't going to be They're there. They're not coming back. You're going to have so many people who are going to be more reliant on government assistance than yeah. before. Was um, that part of the plan? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. But not to be a conspiracy theorist, yeah. but maybe. But and that's kinda like and it all goes I think it all kinda circles back to the idea that I was saying where your local politicians, what are they doing for your economy? You know, here they want to raise the minimum wage, which cool, everyone should get paid a good wage, but um how can somebody who runs a small business afford a fifteen or seventeen dollar an hour minimum wage when they got all these taxes and expenses on top of their you know, right. look at the rent. Yeah. And what's going to happen? You're not going to hire that extra person. Exactly. Uh, your hamburger at McDonald's is going to be $14. I mean, you know, there's a lot of factors that come in. It's great to say raise the minimum wage, but having been a business owner most of my adult life, yeah, you know, it's hard. And then in Hawaii, not and, and I'm fine with it, you know, we've got mandatory health care yeah. rules here for, for employees. And a lot of people... And that's why people were getting that game. But, you know, we don't in my businesses. Uh, So it's a tough place to do business. And then you're taxing them. You're taxing them and you're taxing them. And you're taxing You ever go to the store one day and somebody, a tourist is in, I don't know, Foodland or Safeway or something. And they're going, I'm not paying $12 (laughs) for three tomatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's also interesting. You cross into Waikiki, the prices at the stores there are like, way higher than if you just cross the bridge and go into oh, yeah, Don yeah. Quixote. Yeah, and then, then I always were standing safe. I said, you know, there's a Walmart right up the street. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I give you an example of that. My my daughter, uh, she just recently left her job, and she's doing her own thing, but she worked at a Starbucks in the Hawaiian Hilton Village. Oh, it's such a nice hotel. When she went back this last time, when they just started bringing them back for training, you know how much they were paying her to make coffee? How much? $30 an hour. Whoa. Full benefits. She says, 
the people, all they do is bitch when they come in. They look at the price of the coffee. It's <laughs> twice as much as any other Starbucks, right, on the island. Yeah. You know, and so, is she just a regular barista or is she like a manager? No, no, just a barista. Wow. Yeah. And Starbucks? I th- that That's owned by? The Hilton. By the Hilton. Okay. So it is Union, okay? Oh, yeah, that's why. dollars yeah. to make coffee. <laughs> yeah. More power to them. Yeah, hey. Join the labor movement. Join a union. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, actually, I was surprised. We don't have to talk too much about it, but um, Amazon, they voted no for oh, sure. the unionization at their workplace. I forget where it was, but... Well, you, you actually, I think Hawaii has got the highest union uh, membership per capita in the country. Mm-hmm. But overall, and this is several years back, I know that... And look, my father was a union. My father-in-law's union. Uh Union membership is is down way down like fifteen percent of the population or something now. Yeah. It's been on the decline for years. And now with the um, um, which one was that the the case? It's escaping me now. But where you don't, the unions can't take mandatory dues out. I think that might have started like in Wisconsin or something, wasn't it? Somewhere on the mainland, wasn't it that? You could opt in or opt out. Oh, the Janus case is what it was. Was that, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. I remember something about that. It's been a few years back. And that's, and that's yeah, so basically the union was able to just take dues out of your paycheck, but now you could say, stop, I don't want to. Right. Because it's like even in the state here, you don't have to be a union member, but they'll automatically take union dues out. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> so took them out of my us. daughter's. Yeah, unless you tell the them to stop. Yeah. yeah. But... Being a union member has its benefits. Absolutely. If you're, if you're a worker, it's I can't understand how you wouldn't want to be in the union. Let me tell you a story from way back about unions, okay? <laughs> when they were using baseball bats? Well, pretty much. Yeah. In the early 80s, I was in robotics, and we used to go around and put robotic paint systems in different plants, okay, whether they were automotive or whatever. Well, I went to Milwaukee for... Uh, I think it was a GE plant, and they did uh, dishwashers, right? It's what they manufactured, and I had to install a robot in there. Well, the robot arm had to be in the concrete, right? It took all day to get four screws or four holes drilled into the concrete. Okay? The guy comes over. He says, hey, break. Come back. Oh, I got to go get my tools. <laughs> Goes, gets his tools, comes back. Oh, gee, lunchtime. Yeah. Okay. On and on and on. It took all day to get four holes drilled in the concrete. That's my experience with unions when I used to be in robotics. <laughs> my dad was... Um... Now, my dad, let me, before you say anything, my dad was a hard union worker, and so was my father-in-law. I don't think either one of them ever missed a day of work, and they worked hard. And that's what's that's what one of the other things the union is 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 good and, and bad in a way like my dad wasn't a union he owned his own small remodeling company and then he worked for other companies too so he did his thing on like the side mm-hmm. and i used to work with him ever since i was a kid and could drag his tools for him mm-hmm. um but he used to hate the unions mm-hmm. because they got all the city contracts mm-hmm. all the state contracts mm-hmm. and he used to say how anytime they start a new job site, all new tools. Every site, all Crazy. new tools. 
And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then um, my friend's dad was president of uh, Teamsters Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. And uh, he would even say, like, you know, the union is good for the workers. Sadly, um, you have to defend those workers who, who aren't good. You know they're coming That's in late. That's the biggest problem with the union. They don't. They got the guys that are busting their humps, doing yeah. their job, and then you got the other ones that are just taking total advantage. And that's can't get rid of them. And that's kind of killer. Like I, yeah. I, I, I just seen an article that the AFSCME, the head umbrella union, mm-hmm. um, and we just had our, our, cause I'm in the union. I'm a director for a union, but we just had the AFSCME convention last year, and we passed some resolutions i do believe uh calling for reform for from the police union mm-hmm. and i just saw an article today that um it's supposed to be implemented to where unions will encourage good police officers and, and protect them if they come out against the bad police officers because they need to weed out these bad cops and i think that that needs to happen at every level every level in every union because Every you don't have to say any stereotypes. You just say, "Oh, government employee," and everyone's like, "Oh God, yeah, no wonder nothing gets yeah. done." You don't even have to say anything. You just say, "Oh, government employee." Oh God, <laughs> no wonder nothing gets done. And then, well, we'll I, go to any government office, be it Social Security or BMW <laughs> or uh, DMV or anything like that. There ain't nobody in a hurry to help you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, there's always that one. Mm-hmm over there busting their hump, you know, trying to help people. I'm not trying to categorize them all the same. The problem that you said is this person that isn't doing anything is being protected just as well as this person who's busting their hump. Yeah. That bugs me. And, the, and one of the problems is, is you know, there's, and there's, it takes so much. So you have to, if, if a worker comes in late repeatedly, you have to do a write-up. Mm-hmm. But most of the supervisors in all these work sites were regular workers there too. So when they become supervisors, um, they're not necessarily leaders. They're just in a new position, mm-hmm. and they don't hold the people accountable, whether they're friends or they're friends they just, or buddies, family, neighbors. Yeah, and, or they just don't want to rock that boat, mm-hmm. or it's not worthy. They're like, oh, I don't have time for that. But what happens is, is now, five years down the road, they're consistently a bad employee, but there's no write-ups from three years ago. So you can't, there's can't nothing anyone can do. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a union steward. I know. And yeah, well, you see it. I see it all the time. And well, there was a time when unions were extremely important. Back, you know, when uh, we kind of kicked into in this industry, and people were being mistreated and abused and used, and you know everything else. And yeah. unions came along and and solved that out. Uh, but it, it it's we're not there anymore. Yeah, know? and and unions are fine, and unions. Uh, can protect people, but you know what you just mentioned in regards to being able with the police department to say, "Hey, you know, so and so is doing this and that," and not have any retributions for that. That's huge. Yeah, and that should be in every industry because if you're not doing your job, you're not being fair to anybody. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why, like, a lot of people when they think of a union, they're just like uh, turned off. But um, there has to be some accountability. But then the other thing is, like, if you start weeding people out, you start losing dues. What, pe- sure. Who's What's paying? That come back to. Yeah. Who, who who's paying the executive director's salaries? Right. It's always about money. <laughs> and the money salary and power. And the salary that some of these guys make uh, is mind blowing. Yeah. 
mind blowing. Uh, but you know, hey, more power to him, right? right? I just they'll put, pay LeBron, LeBron James fifty million dollars a year and put a ball in a hoop. But at least he's like selling merch. More power to him. Yeah, yeah. If you can find somebody to pay you that, <laughs> yeah, more power to you. I just it kills me because when I look at like the lowest level worker compared to like what a lot of these top level guys are making <laughs> just like man it's these guys are struggling and you giving yourself a pay bump mm, that's kind of yeah that's tough off their dues that's tough i yeah. hate that i hate yeah. that their medical coverage um decreased so they're paying more now and you're giving yourself a little giving pay bump a little pay bump a little bonus huh see that a lot government <laughs> not just unions government oh yeah in general yeah yeah so let us know what else you got going on, Mr. Barefoot News Hawaii. Well, we're just trying to uh, grow our audience, you know, like everyone else. We're trying to get the word out there, uh, trying to help those that uh, need some help in regards to their political positions, whether it's for office or they want to get their word out there. Uh, I've enjoyed this. I know mm -hmm. you're just getting started, but uh, I think it's awesome. I appreciate it. Um, and we need this. You know, we need somebody with the straight talk and you know just have a conversation about things even if we don't agree yeah we don't have to get nuts yeah hey um, i don't have to argue i can just say yeah okay. just talk <laughs> yeah it's no big yeah. deal and uh so you know we got some other things uh barefoot uh media companies uh we're getting ready to start a uh new website that i've been building out it's called all sports hawaii and it'll literally only be local sports from the youth level high school to college uh, nothing but local sports. So that's another hobby at oh, the nice. moment. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we're trying to build something out here, not just, uh, with the, uh, barefoot news Hawaii, but, uh, some other things that we're looking at, at doing. And it's really, you know, I don't see retiring. <laughs> so, you know, I enjoy doing it. So I'll just continue to do different things like that. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, uh, what is your Instagram handle for if people wanted to look you up? Do you know it? <laughs> I'm not sure I know it. I think it's Barefoot News Hawaii. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Here, I'll look you I, up. Janet takes care of all that for me, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, where is she at? Uh, she is in town right now, but I think she's moving to the Big Island um, this week, I think, towards the middle end of this week. I think she's moving back to the Big Island. Oh, nice. What part of the Big Island, you know? I'm not even sure. Shoot. Yeah. But yeah, the Instagram handle is just no spaces, nothing, just Barefoot News Hawaii. There you go. That's almost, yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, I should connect you with my friend, uh, Tracy Arakaki. We did a, the last episode with him. He's into motorsports, local oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He used to do motorcycle racing. Um, he founded Punish'em 808. It's a motorsports um, entertainment, like news, oh, nice. media coverage. Nice. Um, and then... Uh, he has some pretty big things coming up next year yep. that he's filming and, and stuff for now. So Well, we're hoped to be up and running in uh, for the fall mm -hmm. sports schedules is what we're shooting for. Uh, still a lot of work to do there. But, yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody. Uh, I'm not interested in any professional sports, just mm -hmm. uh, all amateur sports here. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, in Hawaii. So uh, working on that, talking to some athletic directors, coaches, things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I think that'll be a, a popular one. I hope so. More for you to do on your website. I hope so. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I enjoy the conversation. Um, I, I think 
that more of these conversations have to be had, especially in Hawaii, because it really seems that a lot of things are just one-sided, one voice. Um, and again, we may not particularly agree with everything, but I, I think uh, the more voices that are out there, the more ideas that can be heard, you know, the more we can come up with solutions to the problems that we're all surrounded by, you know. Well, that's why I think if you look at our website or anybody out there goes to our website or signs up with us or whatever the case is, you're going to find out we're not some right-wing radical conspiracy going on here. We, you know, we try to, uh, we try to uh, just put the word out there. Yeah. No, and again, and that's why I liked, I liked the website. It just seemed pretty straightforward. I'm not too into the, the, the right-wing. If I would have saw some QAnon stuff, I'd have been like, no, no. Yeah, well. <laughs> Unless I was just interested in like. I started to watch that documentary. <laughs> Which one's that? QAnon. Oh, was the it? The story on? of QAnon or the story of Q or something. It was on like HBO or Showtime or one of those <laughs> things. And I think I got about halfway through the episode and said, you people are insane. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Trump to be uh, to have his inauguration. Thought it was March 14th. You know, I don't know. Well, it's just around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> I meant this coming March. Yeah. 14th. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, maybe we can do this again uh, sometime again in the future. And, and whenever you're ready. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Okay. Thank you.